visit Cape and Cowell Comics at 1601 Clay Street in downtown Oakland, California, open every day, or online at capeandcowlcomics.com. Welcome to the Comic Sauce Podcast, where we talk comics and comics culture, presented by Cape and Cowell Comics. I am Henry Liu. And today, I am joined by writer and pop culture geek, Clara May. Clara, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Henry. Thanks for having me. Awesome. So today, I thought we'd talk about something I've been kind of meaning to talk about for a while now, the psychology behind Marvel fandom versus DC fandom. So this has always kind of interested me. Because throughout my life, I've been a fan of both Marvel and DC, and to differing extents during different parts of my life, you know. I would say when I was younger, I was definitely more of a DC fan, you know. And um, now I'm like hardcore Marvel, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's always been like in my mind, like. Why is that? Why was I? Why, why? Why? Before was I more of a DC fan, but now I'm more of a Marvel fan, and um, just kind of the psychology behind it. You know, that's always been pretty, pretty compelling to me. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so I thought we just kind of freeform discuss this topic. I know, I know you've done some, some, uh, some digging. Yes. <laughs> on this topic. So, yeah, tell me a little bit about uh, about this research uh, you've done recently. Oh, gosh. Uh, well, this is like, um, you know, this has been a beef that's been <laughs> around since the two companies were created. Um, and I think in general, just to preface it, I think, you know, I think all fandoms have their good and they're bad you know I think um, all fandoms are similar and that you know they really love the property that they're um, fans of um, and to varying degrees there are fans that are willing to criticize the properties um, and there are fans who are not willing to criticize Um, so I don't want to say that like one fandom is worse than the other that's not really what this is about this is more seeing why fans like what they like Um, and I, yeah, and when I was digging, there's just there's so there's so much. I mean, like, like the first thing that popped up was this link by uh, Foursquare. They did a study where they um, they f- well, first off, I didn't know Foursquare could follow you um, wherever you went. Yeah. You know, if you check in, you're basically being watched by a company. But um, so they followed the people who checked into like an MCU or DCEU film. And then they watched where these people went before and after those films. Um, and the findings are <laughs> their findings are weird. Um, I thought they were going to be some sort of conclusive. This is what yeah. truly separates Marvel versus DC fans. But um, you know they're they're strange. Like um, so, first off, the Marvel and DC fans are almost equally around fifty one to fifty two percent male. You know, which okay. doesn't really tell us much. Yeah. Um, they found that Marvel fans are more likely to go to the gym um, okay. than DC fans. Um, 
and that they seemed to like uh, Jamba Juice and ice cream <laughs> okay. a lot. You know, they went to Pinkberry, Yogurtland, and Cold Stone. Yeah. <laughs> and then DC fans, um, it looks like they read a lot more okay. than uh, Marvel fans. They go to Barnes & Nobles uh, 50% more than the rest of an average American. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and they like uh, a lot of fast foods and Jamba Juice. So we have to... Note that the one thing DC and Marvel fans are a fan of oh, is so Jamba Juice. That's like the one uniting <laughs> the factor. The one uniting there. factor is they, yeah, that's the um, that's like the peace, you know, accord. They go to Jamba okay. Juice. Okay. Oh, funny. Yeah. So, yeah. So that was like pretty much useless information when I was looking it up, yeah. but it was kind of funny that that was you know out there. Um, yeah, I came across that article too. Mm-hmm. That's almost. A big reason why I wanted to have this episode because I I too did like a little Google search. There's not really anything out there that really compares like the psychology behind the fandoms. There's and, nothing you concrete, know? you know. It's yeah. all just kind of like, oh well, I feel this way or, or that way. This was actual concrete data, but yeah. like, what does it, it tell us? It you know, it doesn't tell us yeah. anything really. <laughs> you know, well, the one thing I did think of though is. You mentioned the, the, the going to the gym thing. Um, that kind of leads me to my first argument on the matter, and that's that DC characters tend to be idealistic and sort of inspirational characters, whereas Marvel characters tend to be more rooted in realism and characters that the common person can identify with more Um, and maybe to that point people who are Marvel fans they see these characters and they think I can be like these characters like I I, the way the problems that Spider-Man has I have those problems too and a character like Captain America you know, I can be like Captain America. I'm a good person. And if I go to the gym and I work out really hard, maybe take some steroids, you know, I can be like Cap, where you can never be Superman, mm-hmm. right? Or you can never be Wonder Woman, right? Um, so maybe that's part of it. Maybe there is that, like, hey, I can I can be a superhero too, so I'm going to go work out, yeah, yeah. you know? Um, whereas the, these DC characters who are, I almost think of them like, they have the appeal of Greek gods. You know, they're they're all powerful and they can inspire. They do great things, and um, maybe like a more bookish type person might look at these characters the same way they read books to sort of escape reality. You know, mm-hmm. so that's that's yeah. one person's take on the matter. <laughs> yeah, and I I can definitely see. I do think it's funny that like when I think of. Um, you know, people who wear, like, geek clothes to the gym, I see a lot of Batman and Superman. So even though Mm -hmm. there's, like, that statistic there, I'm like, do they wear it so they can aspire to be, you know? (laughs) Like, it's just, like, like, again, this information is completely, like, how does this help us? Right. Well, there. I mean, that goes against what I just mentioned. So who knows? This is trying to springboard off of this really, like, (laughs) weird study. But, yeah, in terms of um, looking up to the DC characters, I do... I do see that a lot and that the DC characters, or at least like, I don't want to say all DC characters, but maybe specifically the major three, uh, Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman, are more like um, 
they're just ideals. And you kind of saw that in um, actually Christopher Nolan's Batman, mm-hmm. where they talked a lot about how Batman as a person wasn't as important as what he symbolized. Um, and I think you uh, see yeah. that with Wonder Woman and with Superman, is that the idea of them is more important than them as an individual. Um, And, you know, and, like, I think that appeals to a lot of people. I like the idea that you can have this, you know, figure that represents something greater than what they are. Yeah. Um, Whereas I think with Marvel, I mean, I love both, (laughs) just to clarify. Um, But I think with Marvel characters, they're more, um, they're given usually a power that sometimes they want or don't want. And then they have to deal with you know, trying to live a normal life while also having this power on the side. They're not really trying to live up to any ideal. They're just trying to live, you know, like yeah. it, they're just trying to like go about their lives. But, you yeah. know, this this power is getting in the way, um, and, you know, and I think in terms of like the geek culture, I think we do need both. You know, it's nice mm-hmm. having one property where you have this ideal to aspire to, but you also have the relatable characters where you feel like, you know, that could be me on any given day you know yeah. and I just yeah it, it's it's an interesting divide <laughs> yeah and I think with both universes there are certain characters that mm-hmm. you know maybe don't fit what we just talked about yeah. the aspirational yeah. versus the um identifying mm-hmm. um like a character like Thor like it's kind of hard to identify with a god yeah. <laughs> you know he's, yeah. he's literally mm-hmm. a god yeah. he's, he's the god of thunder um, but, you know, even then, Thor has, he, he's a god, but he has problems that humans have, you know. Um, he has human attributes that kind of get him in trouble, right? Mm-hmm. So even then, you can, you can sort of relate to him. And then on the flip side, there's a character like Batman. And on the surface level, Batman doesn't have superpowers, so... Mm-hmm in a way he doesn't fit that sort of Greek god mode mm-hmm. um, like oh Batman's just he's just human like the rest of us so why would he be in that category <laughs> I would argue he, he could still because kind of what you mentioned mm-hmm. that the idea of Batman mm-hmm. is is that inspirational model you know like just knowing that there is someone like Batman out mm-hmm. there protecting us you know all the time, you know, at night in our most vulnerable situations, um, it's comforting, you know? Mm -hmm. I think there's, that's a big part of the appeal of of DC superheroes. There's there's a level of comfort, you know? Mm -hmm. The the, the thought of someone like Superman out there is super comforting Mm -hmm. because he is all powerful and he is always trying to do the right thing, right? So Mm -hmm. um, I think yeah. Throughout the decades, you know, th- that's the that's the appeal, you mm-hmm. know, like, you know, the, the the real world problems that Marvel characters have. I think a lot of people's like, I have my own problems. I don't want to yeah. read about yeah. the superheroes who have the same problems I do. I want to read about Superman, who's this guy who's who wants to help us and he's yeah. super powerful and, you know, all that. And and same thing with Batman, like mm-hmm. this is guy who's. It's he's like his... the best detective in the world, and you yeah. know he's gonna he's gonna solve the problem. He's gonna it. solve so, yeah. the problems. Yeah, there yeah. is this sense of like, I guess, limitlessness to um, 
the Justice League characters. Mm-hmm. Like there's the like Batman is the greatest detective in the world. Superman is like the strongest man in the world. Uh, the Flash is like the fastest man in the world. And so you get this sense that um, they are gods but they're there for you, you know, and it, and it is really childish um, almost, you know, when you think of it like that. Um, and DC did start out appealing mainly to kids. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. It's kind of nice having that. And it's funny to say that now that that was, that's the ideal. And that was the audience. When you look at yeah. maybe how people perceive DC versus Marvel now, yeah. Yeah. which is not, which is like the flip side of that. Kind um, of, yeah. But I, I would like to think that the core of DC has always been that, has always been these limitless gods who still take the time to care about humans, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I certainly really loved the DC superheroes mm-hmm. when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I mentioned that earlier, but yeah, it really was the case where, you know, when I was a kid, the the, the DC superheroes were like gods mm-hmm. and it was, the, the stories were really fantastical and, mm-hmm. and just, you know, it was, it was an escape, you know, the, you, there's stuff in these comics and these cartoons that were, you know, just, they're completely removed from real life, you know, and then as I got older, it just, that's, that material seemed like, oh, that's kind of for kids, you know? Yeah. I, like, I like the idea of, you know, Iron Man, someone who has, doesn't have any superpowers, and he's up against these incredibly powerful villains, mm-hmm. but he's resourceful, right? He's able to figure it out. He's a problem solver, you know? And that's like, that's something I can do. You know, I, I, I have some some of those traits, you know, I can identify with that. And that's just, you know, one of a lot of Marvel characters I can identify with, you know, so that's, that's, to me, that's the biggest appeal of of Marvel characters is that you can put yourself in their shoes quite easily, you know, their problems are ours, and their Mm -hmm. abilities and limitations are ours, Mm -hmm. you know, in in a lot of ways. Yeah, and I think if you, if you like, look at it from, um, like being a marginalized person, um, their perspective. Um, I feel like sometimes it's easier to uh, relate to Marvel characters because of that. Because yeah. like you take the characters like the X-Men who are uh, people given powers that sometimes they just don't want at all. And then they're treated differently by society. Um, and they have to, they're forced to live apart from mm-hmm. people. Um, and I think when you're marginalized, that's something that you feel like you can really relate to. Um, whereas I don't, you know, I don't know if you, I mean, I, you can relate to like Superman on one level because he is an alien and he feels like he's alone. Um, but I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if it goes as deep as yeah, maybe yeah. you would feel, you know, watching an X-Men suffer, you know, seclusion or something, you know, I, yeah. it, or segregation. It, it's, I don't know. And sometimes I think it just comes down to what threads does the fan pick up in that individual mm-hmm. story? Like, what do they relate to? And I think, I honestly think when you lay it all out, they're similar. And it's just, what is that person really resonating with, with each company, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Now, you had spoken to some people about mm-hmm. this, right? Did you get like a bit of a survey, sort of an informal <laughs> informal survey? Oh my gosh. Right? Yeah, the, the survey was that everyone has their preferences 
and that's just how it is. I mean, it was yeah. so it was so hard. Um, yeah. So let me let me think. So some people said that they felt like um, DC Comics were harder to get into because there was so much history there that mm-hmm. they felt like they couldn't just jump into a comic um, okay. without having to read like twenty back issues just to get context. Um, and then someone else said, "Well, that's how I feel about Marvel, yeah. where I can't." Like someone brought up. Um, Oh, what was it? Uh, Moon Girl. Okay. And they said that they were expecting to be able to jump right into Moon Girl, but then they found out that they had to know what the Inhumans were. Okay. Um, and they had no idea what that was. And then in the book, apparently it said, oh, go see issue blah, blah, blah of Inhumans. Okay. And they're like, oh, man, you know, I just wanted to give this to my little sister. <laughs> yeah. She's not going to want to do this, you know. So I thought it was interesting that I ended up getting the same answer for that. So uh-huh. that, you know, they were both in- inaccessible in terms of new users. Um I think when I asked them about um, why do they like the characters they like, um, I did get the answer of they like that DC heroes stand for a very specific idea. Mm -hmm. Um, So that was repeated again. Um, But then a lot of people said that overall they just have a fondness for Marvel characters now because of obviously the movies. Mm -hmm. Um, So they have childhood memories of DC, but um, currently... They like Marvel okay. um, films and TV. Um, and then some some of the people talked about the companies themselves. And they said, you know, honestly, like they're, they, they both have their ups and then they have their downs. Um, both of them have certain drawbacks. that, yeah. um, And both of them do things that um, some people said causes them to not read either, uh-huh. <laughs> you know, and okay. read only independently. So. Yeah. You yeah. know, like titles like Vertigo, or not titles, uh, companies like Vertigo, you know. So, like, I, I, so I just got the sense that they were kind of the same mm-hmm. <laughs> with a few differences. <laughs> but, you know, yeah, it was hard. <laughs> yeah. And I, I would say, I, I think that's a pretty, you know, it's not too surprising mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. me that I heard that because, you know, I don't think a lot of people think about why they like what they mm-hmm. like. They just... You yeah. like what you like, yeah. you know, and move on with your life. Um, but I think there, to me, there's there's definitely, there's something that distinguishes mm-hmm. a DC person from a Marvel person. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I think there's something there, yeah. you know. Um, but, you know, in addition to that, you talked about the, the independent publishers. Yeah. I think we, we definitely need to mention that because... You know, a lot a lot of people like to be kind of like, you know, Republican versus Democrat. It's yeah. sort of like, you have to be one or the other. Are you Marvel or are you DC? Yeah. Like, I think the message we want to send here is you don't have to be one <laughs> or the other. In fact, maybe you shouldn't because yeah. some of the coolest shit out there is yeah, in from the, smaller publishing Yeah, independent yeah. publishers. Mm-hmm. You know, we're talking, you mentioned Vertigo, Image Comics, Black Mask. I mean, mm-hmm. there's all kinds of cool shit in there. And a lot of what uh, DC and Marvel put out, the reason they do it is to make money and not a whole lot else, right? And that's Mm -hmm. like the bottom line. Whereas, you know, a lot of these independent titles, um, maybe it isn't all about making money. You know, maybe there's a message they want to put out there. Maybe they want to represent underrepresented communities. Um, So... You know, the argument 
here today isn't are you Marvel or DC. It's just if you are, if you do have a tendency one way or another, <laughs> think about why. You know,、yeah. you know, like like you're saying, there's no right or wrong,、mm-hmm. uh, and I would add to that. Maybe it's even better if you're <laughs> a fan of indie comics. Yeah, you know, yeah. I can't say that enough.、Um, but yeah, no, yeah. no. That said, to me, <laughs> like this whole "Are you Marvel or DC and why?" question is super compelling to me. Like that's just、mm-hmm. like I could, you know, I could just have this conversation with anyone、mm-hmm. for for like hours and hours, and just <laughs> yeah, it's just super interesting to me. You know? Yeah, it's it's so hard to figure. Figure it out、um, to get people to say specifically why. Because usually, like, if you'll ask someone who's like a diehard fan of either, they'll just be like, "Well, because like because it's good, and because the other one sucks." You know,、yeah. like, it, like it's I really, grew up on yeah, such and such. Yeah, you know? yeah, and yeah, and that's I think what I was realizing when I asked all those people, and then they were kind of giving me the same answers that I felt like <laughs> it wasn't giving me any clear answer. Was、yeah. just that, yeah, it comes from a history of knowing the characters.、Um, And I guess you can't really tell why they like each company unless you know the person. You know, like it, it's hard yeah, for me to tell、yeah. from an outsider's perspective. But、um, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know the answer to this. I can definitely talk about like why like the movies are better than for、yeah. one than the other, or why the shows are better. But the psychology, it's like、yeah. it's all down to like you know personal preference and、yeah. feelings and history and. Yeah, why don't we get into the movies a bit? So,、mm-hmm. this is a good segue. I was thinking, I was thinking that to me, my Marvel fandom is is like at its highest point, and it, it just keeps going <laughs> up. Like I, it, I'm so into this stuff, and you know, a big part is is these movies. You know, the, the movies are a big part of it, and the、mm-hmm. comics now too. Like I was talking about this whole identification.、Mm-hmm. You know, like I feel like I can identify with a lot of these Marvel characters. You know, and now that we see like live action portrayals、mm-hmm. in the movies and on TV and in the comics, the、uh, the costumes are getting a little less like crazy. A little, they they've become kind of more realistic. Yeah. You know, Captain America has dropped those those big saggy boots. You know, <laughs> and like, there's just a lot of characters that they're they're like. You look at Luke Cage, the current Luke Cage incarnation versus like what he looked like when he first appeared. Oh yeah, yeah. It, it's it's like yeah, he looks like it just looks like like a regular guy. You know, it's just like so, someone an outfit that anyone would wear would wear out in the streets. You、yeah. know, so that whole identification piece gets like stronger and stronger、mm-hmm. to me. You know,、uh, so. Yeah, no, I'm I'm all in, <laughs> but yeah, let's talk about the movies. So, I mean, the, let's just be real. The Marvel movies are so much better. I mean, like, <laughs> and it it's not. Well, first off, I know that DC tried to get on top of it. Like, I don't know, ten years before Marvel did, they were both kind of like for a while scrambling to just get it together,、um, and Marvel. Pulled it together with Iron Man, yeah, whereas yeah.、Um, I think DC was still kind of going in circles trying to figure out how to write Wonder Woman. Like they spent like almost twenty years trying to figure out how to write her properly.、Right. And while they were kind of stuck on the starting blocks, Marvel just started going.、Mm-hmm. Um, 
And I think they didn't even know if Iron Man would sell because nobody knew who Iron Man was. Nobody cared. Yeah. Um, his early designs in the comics, he looked like a tin, you know, like a weird tin man. It's just yeah. like it wasn't, you know, like sleek or attractive or anything. Yeah. Um, but it worked. And then they were able to keep it going with the current um, showrunner or the the head of the universe. Oh, yeah. Uh, Kevin Feige. Yeah. 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 He really... Um, he really kept it going. Um, and I think they just found their groove. I, they found the right tone. Mm-hmm. And they were able to kind of um, normalize it across all the films. They felt connected. Um, and then DC is just... And then I think DC took so long trying to figure it out yeah. that like it was like, what, like almost nine Marvel films in before DC was able to spit out, you know, The Man vs. Steel. Um, uh, you the know, Man of Steel, or or Batman Man versus of, Man of Steel. Man of Steel. I can't right. even. Remember. I've, just, I've been trying to wipe this so much from my memory that I don't know the name anymore. <laughs> Man of Steel. Yeah. Well, yeah. You know, it, to me, the the more I think about it, it it it's becoming clear why the the Marvel Studios movies have been like far superior to mm-hmm. the DCEU movies, for the most part. Um, and it's really it goes back to the comics. I think you know. Mm-hmm. I think what Marvel Studios has done is, you know, I think all movie studios around the world are like, what are they doing? Well, how how, how can we do this? Let's do shared universe too. And yeah, but but really, all it is is just doing what they did with the comics. You know, I think that's as simple as that. Like, they the, the Marvel comics again. The big appeal is you can identify with them, and I think they just kind of kind of just rode that horse you know that first iron man man like like, i think it's good because he's he's powerful but he has but he has a limit if he has a heart condition essentially yeah you know Mm -hmm. so like you get like you can feel that he at any point you're concerned about him because you don't know when he's gonna fall so there's this real investment in his character a very human Um, flaw yeah, yeah yeah um and then he also has the flaws of you know he's arrogant um and he feels later shame that he's a part of this like military industrial complex. So they were able to like build in all of these themes that felt very yeah. relevant. Um, whereas I I think DC came in so late that like they just they, I think they, I felt like they scrambled um, yeah. and they didn't maybe keep to the roots of the comics like you said that people had loved the whole Superman is this pure you know man who always chooses the right thing. Yeah. Um, and they tried to jump on it too quickly <laughs> and get into almost the Avenger style thing mm-hmm. without yeah. setting up these characters and letting people, you know, grow attached to them. Yeah. And a big key of that first Iron Man movie was like the one aspect of Tony Stark that maybe isn't so identifiable is that he's super rich, right? Mm-hmm. But they really nailed it when like the origin story, right? When he's in that cave. He doesn't have anything. You know, he doesn't have his wealth. He doesn't have his technology, but he builds a fucking Iron Man suit out of nothing, you know? And then and then they really drove it home later in the movie when um, the Iron Monger is, like, trying to recreate the Iron Man suit. He's got all his engineers working on it, and he's getting really frustrated. It's like, you know, you know, Tony Stark built this suit in a fucking cave, you know? Like, can't you do something here? And they go, well... We're not Tony Stark, yeah. You know, and that's like that's it. You know, that's that's it. Mm-hmm. That is that 
that says it all, you know, because you don't need Iron Man doesn't necessarily need all his wealth to be a superhero. He's he's got his his smarts and his resourcefulness, right? Mm-hmm. And that is something a lot of you know regular people mm-hmm. have. You know, they 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 get by uh, through their life like with resourcefulness and using using their brain, right? So yeah, they really nailed it there. And what you're saying with the DC stuff, uh, I totally agree. You know, like I think a lot of the DCEU movies haven't really embraced what has really worked for them in the comics. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I think uh, the first Superman movie, Superman the movie, did. Mm-hmm. It was a great movie. It, oh, was, it, was, it was wonderful. And I think the big reason why is like what Marvel Studios has done more recently, they did. They really captured the essence of Superman. You know, he he wasn't this angsty, angry guy. You know, mm-hmm. he was a, a, a happy-go-lucky guy that really embraced the culture of being human, and he, he genuinely... Yeah, he's kind of a goofball. But yeah. then when he, you know, takes off his glasses and becomes Superman, he's that guy that, you know, you can rely on, and it's... Yeah. You know, who doesn't love that? <laughs> yeah, and he genuinely <laughs> wants to help us. Yeah. And, like, going back back to that comfort thing, like, when I was a kid, I saw that, like, oh, my God. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> I felt great. You know, it's like, oh, if only there was someone out there yeah. like that. This yeah. is what mm-hmm. we need, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I think, like, I, the tact that it seems like the DCEU has taken so far is that um, – they want to go more of the Watchmen, you know, Frank Miller route where yeah. maybe people are tired of that kind of childish optimism and mm-hmm. they want to go darker. Yeah. Um, but I think audiences and, you know, critics have shown that people don't like that. I mean, they're still making money. The films are making money because people just love these characters. Um, yeah. But I think in terms of is this helping the brand, um, I don't know. I think if they returned to like the old, you know, like, like Christopher Reeves type, you know, mm-hmm. Superman, maybe, you know, maybe it would also be critically acclaimed as well as making money. And that yeah. would drive people maybe to go read the comics or to love DC again, you know? Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, we talked about Wonder Woman a bit mm-hmm. previously and... I think that's a big step in the right direction. You know, I think they really Mm -hmm. kind of embraced that whole idealism Mm -hmm. of this this character, Mm -hmm. you know, and and it really felt like, oh, yeah, like this, that's right. That's why I like DC stuff. You know, this is why, you know, it it wasn't, it wasn't like dark and angsty. It was just like triumphant, you know, and yeah, it, it, it tapped back into what I think. DC Comics has done so well for so long. Yeah. You know? Yeah, and I'm hoping they continue that um, after Wonder Woman's premiere, especially considering, I think, um, the numbers since, you know, it's debuted, it's actually gone past um, Suicide Squad, and then it's set to pass maybe Batman versus Superman by, I think they said, like, you know, within a few weeks. So it's... You know, so yeah, yeah, so the hope there is that this movie that really captured this, you know, idealized um, character who sees the good in people and who believes in justice, the fact that it did so well 
maybe that will you know pivot <laughs> the DCEU yeah. so that yeah. they they focus more on the hopeful aspects instead of maybe trying to mire these you know, heroes and, you know, in the mud with them mm-hmm. fighting each other yeah. and them having, you know, all these dark moments where, like, where Superman hated humanity, you know, a little bit in B versus S. Um, yeah. You know, maybe we'll return to those roots and, and I can be proud of DC again. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> you, know? yeah you know, with, with um, it seems like the success of the Chris Nolan Batman trilogy, mm-hmm. you kind of wanted to just sort of like let's they were like let's stick with that yeah you know and which is like a big mistake because <laughs> yeah. you can't apply what works for batman to, to other, every characters. other characters yeah, yeah. especially yeah. superman it's a polar opposite opposite yeah. you know so yeah. yeah and the nolan films are good in like in a vacuum where literally batman's maybe that only character in that universe it's literally the nolan universe um and it's a good study, I feel like, yeah. of, of one aspect of Batman. But I don't think that is the universe that you need to bring in other characters. Because oh, he was yeah. so grounded yeah. in a certain kind of aesthetic that it just doesn't translate over. <laughs> like, yeah. You can't use yeah. that Batman. Yeah, And I think that's a big reason why Suicide mm-hmm. Squad didn't work. Because it had, I mean, Batman was in it. And mm-hmm. there were Batman villains in it. Yeah. But there were also all these godlike figures in it mm-hmm. as well. And... It just, yeah, it didn't make any sense, you know. Yeah, Suicide Squad was weird because they they released reports that um, they started doing reshoots, um, oh, and yeah. and they the rumors were it was in light of um, the Marvel films doing well. There was a film that was released around the same time. I can't remember what it was, but because that was successful, um, they started panicking because then they realized it. Suicide Squad was too dark. So that's why you get the uh, weird bubblegum effect, you know, like at the beginning with all the texts. Oh, um, right. Yeah, and they tried to put all the music and like the color splashes. Um, but it didn't fix the overall, you know, dreariness of the whole film. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. you know, again, it made a lot of money, but it was kind of like a slog, you know, to watch. Yeah, yeah. You know, so I'm, ho- I'm hoping that they kind of take um, a page out of the, the TV shows books yeah let's let's switch over to tv let's talk about that some yeah i think um the dc tv on the cw does a pretty decent job Mm -hmm. um and they have their own universe going there with their own showrunner for that um and i think those capture um the essence of the old dc comics maybe more than the films necessarily Mm -hmm. do um like i love the flash i think he's a very bright uh vibrant you know, optimistic character. He's really likable. Um, so is Supergirl. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I haven't seen Arrow. I'm sorry. But like, and I haven't watched Arrow because a lot of people have criticized it for being too much like Batman. Yeah. Like too dark. So then I haven't watched it because I'm like, oh, well, that's like, they're trying to make it like the movies. You yeah. Know? Yeah. So, but The Flash and Supergirl are good. Um, and mm-hmm. I feel like they follow in the footsteps of like Smallville, um, right. which I thought was an excellent uh, origin story for Superman, you know, and that too was full of optimism and bright colors, and you know, and it worked. People loved those shows. Yeah, you mentioned the bright colors. Like, yeah. it seems kind of a silly thing, but like when it I'm matters. watching, oh, it, it definitely <laughs> matters. You know, like like uh, these uh, DC EU movies tend to be so dark. Yeah, they put a filter you know? after they yeah. film it, which is crazy. And and I when I see that. 
it, it doesn't remind me at all of a lot of these DC comic books that mm. I grew up on and loved. You know, they're yeah. just, that are really bright and vibrant mm. and and kind of uplifting. You know, yeah. I didn't I didn't you know feel down in the dumps and depressed when I read these books. I was <laughs> yeah. inspired, you know. Yeah. Um, but the, the the look of the films are completely you know at odds yeah. with those those comics I grew up on. You know, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so uh, for for a while it was it really was. Oh, Marvel is killing it at the movies. DC not so much, but at least DC is killing it on TV. Mm-hmm. But I think with the the Marvel Netflix shows, Marvel is really kind of coming to the forefront mm-hmm. on TV as well. You know, mm-hmm. um, and again, I would say it's that same formula, maybe even more so, because mm-hmm. with the Netflix shows, it's these so-called street-level superheroes. So they really are people you can identify with. They, yeah, they, they get they, beat up all the time, which they, is... <laughs> a like, lot. Yeah. They get beat down, you know, yeah. and they tend to wear stuff that mm-hmm. we wear. You know, they mm-hmm. look like mm-hmm. regular people. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, and we've talked about this before, but, you know, Defenders is coming out soon. Mm-hmm. I can't wait. You know, it's yeah. just, I'm super psyched. Um and uh yeah what do you think about 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 those shows so far i like them a lot and i think i think they're kind of an interesting it's actually kind of interesting to think that the the marvel movies are kind of like these bright kind of more family oriented films um but then the netflix shows are pretty gritty and dark um you know and some of them are like hard r rated um and then you see the dc movies are really gritty and dark but then their tv show fair with the exception of like maybe gotham Uh are pretty like bubblegum yeah you know bright and family yeah so it's the opposite and it's like kind of like an interesting comparison um and i think i think both work in certain ways um i do love the marvel netflix shows just because of the format of the 13 episodes and I think they work well um, within their shared universe. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think that's another thing that separates them is that Marvel does shared universes. DC has decided to keep everything separate with the yeah. exception of their um, their CW stuff is stuck together. Right. And then their films are together. Yep. But they don't ever cross. Right. But Marvel, there's this hint that I guess the Defenders could show up, you know, yeah. in the movie. I mean, they never confirm that, but they're like, well, they're in the same universe. Yeah. And they oh, make they references. talk about the Avengers yeah. and stuff all the time, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. So there's always this. So, I I mean, I, I guess that makes fans excited, the thought that oh, yeah. their characters that they love from Netflix mm-hmm. can jump into the movies, you know. Yeah. Whereas DC fans, you're kind of like, well, you know, like I really love this Flash on the CW. Yeah. But I will never see him in the movies because there's yeah. already another Flash, you right. know. Yeah. And you know, I think you can argue the the ups and downs of that, you know. Yeah, and I think it's kind of cool the way the movie characters are treated on the Marvel Netflix shows. Mm-hmm. They're almost kind of mythical, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, like um, sometimes it, they don't even say their name. You yeah. Know? Like the flag bearer. Right. <laughs> yeah. 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 And um, that to me, it it, it grounds these street level heroes mm-hmm. even more it yeah. feels like oh they really are us and mm-hmm. the, the characters you see in the movies which you can relate to too but uh they are they tend to be yeah they're they're literally mythical. larger than life yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so that's kind of cool um so what else like <laughs> well jeez 
we went over the TV, the movies. I mean, we I guess we could talk about the companies themselves. Okay. Um, we talked a little bit about uh, the diversity. Um, and I think there's this overarching um, opinion that Marvel does diversity a lot better. Um, and arguable. I, I think, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> arguable. Um, I guess if you look at the, I mean, it's hard to compare the TVs or the the movies, right? Because there's like only three, like or four, you know, like DC films, and then so many more Marvel films. Um, Although in all of them, there's mm-hmm. not a whole lot of yeah, diversity. Yeah, yeah, I would actually, yeah. Everyone says obviously, like now everyone's like, oh, Marvel's doing great because Black Panther, and then yeah. look at like um, Homecoming, Spider-Man: Homecoming has all this like diversity in the you know cast, so. but like. If you look at how many films Marvel has had, like, and you look at how many, like, women and people of color, yeah. I mean, like, it's not great statistics, mm-hmm. you know? Like, the Avengers team is still predominantly white. Yeah. You know, it took them a long time to add, like, Rhodey and Falcon, mm-hmm. um, and then Black Panther came, like, way later. Um, yeah. yeah, Versus, I mean, I guess you can say Justice League, um... I don't know, kind of has the same statistic, but maybe right out the door with, like, Cyborg. um, And Aquaman is now, you know, Polynesian. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, so to say one is better than the other in films, I'm like, "Eh," you know. And I think the TV shows kind of fare the same. Like, you have Luke Cage for Marvel. Mm -hmm. um, You know, but for DC, there's, like, um, like the Flash TV show was um, notable because it made... um, the flashes <laughs> I'm blanking. Oh, Iris. Iris, oh, yeah, you know, yeah. a black woman with Candace Patton. Yeah. Um and so that and then that was so huge and popular with fans that they then did the same thing for the films. So now she'll be black in the films. Oh, so I cool. mean like I Yeah, so there's like I think there's ups and downs for both. Um I think with the comic book publishing, I like my opinion is maybe Marvel does a little better. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know if you would agree, but it, it feels like maybe they were trying to push more. Like, I think of, um, like, Miss Marvel or yeah. Silk or um, Kamala Khan. Um, mm-hmm. oh, I just said Miss Marvel. <laughs> Miss Marvel. <laughs> let me do notable. it again. <laughs> no, she's that girl. I love her this much. Miss Marvel, uh, Silk, and then Miles Morales and, you know, like, the, um, the Chinese um, uh, or Korean, the Korean Hulk. Yeah. Um, Sam you know, Wilson it seemed, as Captain yeah, America. Yeah, as Captain America. It yeah. seemed like they were really pushing for that. Yeah. So And I would add too that there's there's a historical pre- precedent too. There's a you know, with, with Marvel, Marvel put out the first black superhero, Black Panther. Mm-hmm. They also mm-hmm. put out the first African American superhero, Falcon. They also put out the first black superhero to have his own title, Luke Cage. Marvel Three for three, boom, 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 you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, and, oh yeah, we, we talked about this a little before recording, but Marvel was sort of the first to sort of go after the youth market, or not the youth market, the like the, the teen, teen market, teen market mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So a long, for a long time, comic books were for little kids, you know? But Marvel was the first to try, like, hey, let's get into this teen thing. Yeah. And um, like young people, you yeah. know, we'll have... Yeah people of color will deal with like um, political issues and yeah. stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, that's that's a big part of what you mentioned. Marvel seems to have the eye on the pulse a little bit more. There, There is 
there does tend to be more diversity. Um, and, you know, last year we saw a whole lot of it. You know, you mentioned all these, these people of character, uh, these superheroes of color, mm-hmm. you know. Um, interesting side note, though, is they're kind of dumping all of that, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. So um, there's a Marvel executive who kind of blamed the dip in comic book sales at Marvel to um, he kind of pinned it on diversity too much diversity you know it's kind of bullshit but um, you know it makes me think of like uh, to say that it's they went too diverse in the costume sales like I don't know about that you you could argue there are a lot of factors Mm -hmm. you know like maybe there's like a changing of creative teams Mm -hmm. and too many um, like crossover stories um who knows you know but you could argue both ways but to me the the takeaway is a a company like marvel a company like dc if there is diversity it really the the purpose of it is to sell yeah yeah. you know like you have to look at their motivation yeah what's the motivation you know and it really isn't like oh we want to we want to be progressive and we want to like you know, lead lead the way here. Mm-hmm. So no, they they want they want to sell comics. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. Because if you like look at the hiring statistics, I mean, both companies are still tragically, you know, low with how much they hire women. Mm-hmm. Um, like I, I don't see, I don't remember if it was DC or Marvel, but one of them dropped from twelve to one percent women writers working there like a few years ago like i I know marvel didn't even hire its first like black woman writer until like what was it one or two years ago Mm. um yeah and it's true that when you get these titles they'll they'll quickly drop a lot of the diverse titles um or what will happen is they'll have a um, character of color but then maybe they'll hire someone who's white to Mm. write it like we see with um like with the riri williams right or, you know, with the new uh, Defender series where, yeah. you know, Luke Cage is being written by someone who's white. So, it, you know, it, and so when we talk about brand loyalty, I'm always, you know, hesitant to encourage that, you know, because they're the companies themselves are about making money. Yeah. Um, and I feel, you know, as fans, we should be critical mm-hmm. <laughs> of both companies when they do something like this, you know, when they do something bad. Um, and we should be pushing both of them to to do better in terms of, you know, their movies and TV, but also their business practices and how they treat their audiences, you know? Yeah. Uh, So I had mentioned how, like, the the great diversity we saw in Marvel Comics in 2016 Mm -hmm. is kind of going away. And the the, the big rollout for this fall is this thing called Marvel Legacy. And it's sort of their, their kind of attempt at, uh, DC's rebirth so mm-hmm. like oh we're gonna like mm-hmm. go back to our our stable of characters and, and kind of start over and whatnot um, but yeah like the images I've seen so far you know are, are kind of I don't want to say disturbing but you know like it's it's like they're bringing it's all, kind of disappointing a little yeah. disappointing mm-hmm. yeah definitely yeah, that's good wording mm-hmm. um, but yeah it's like it's such a stark contrast from all the characters you just mentioned, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but, you know, the images I see are, like, all these white superheroes that mm-hmm. um, kind of took a step back with, you know, Black Captain America, female 
Thor, mm-hmm. Asian American Hulk, you know, they're back at the forefront. Yeah. You know, it's, it's yeah. there's a little, I don't know, maybe I'm reading into it, but it just felt a little bit like make America great again a little bit. You know, I just got that, <laughs> yeah, that, I, that sense like, ooh, yeah, like, you I, know. I think the comic branches, at least, I think they're a little, because, you know, like it's a, the publishing industry's been hit hard for the, you know, last few years for, for a while now. Um, and I think they're trying to figure out how they can revitalize sales. And I think they think that returning to the tried and true method of maybe less diversity is the way. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think it's going to come back and bite them in the ass. You know, yeah. I mean, like, we'll see. That, you know, I mean, I have hopes that both of these companies will, you know, progress forward and we'll see more diversity on screen and hopefully in the comics. Um, yeah. You know, but you kind of have to hold both of their feet over the fire, you know. Yeah. And that's why we go back to um, why it's so important to support, you know, independent. Yes. You know, companies and smaller indie press um, companies, um, Mm -hmm. you know, go out to local zine fests, you know, support local artists, you know. Um, Because our money shouldn't always be going to the big two that Mm -hmm. honestly only does right by us maybe like, what, 60% of 40% or 60% of the time, Yeah, you know? And when you think, think, just when you think things are turning around, you know, these two companies are mega corporations and they'll, they'll drop stuff, you know, just like that. Yeah. What you mentioned about the indie publishers is worth mentioning, you know, like, we, you can fight the good fight. You can, you could tweet like crazy and mm-hmm. and get hashtags trending. And um, you know, at the end of the day, maybe maybe you are successful in getting a black sidekick in a movie. Yeah. You know, yeah. and then that's it. Whereas maybe if you put out your own stuff, mm-hmm. you know, you you create your own characters in a, in a zine or an indie yeah. comic. Or support um, all the small artists doing that. I mean, there's that. that's a definite impact. Like, that matters to somebody's, you Yeah, know. instead of, like, continuing to empower these giant corporations and yeah. maybe getting, like, like a token character or a yeah. token storyline, mm-hmm. maybe a person of color, like, on in the crew, yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, like an assistant director. You know, like, um, you, could, you could support independent stuff yeah. and, like, sort yeah. of, like, fight the, the giant evil machine you know <laughs> i don't want to say evil because you know i, I just I know i like how we went from like which one's better we're like right. they're both evil just yeah <laughs> right i'd be that'd be you know a little hypocritical yeah. for me to say that based on how much i've gushed over marvel this past <laughs> hour or so um but you know what i mean but right? yeah they both deserve their criticisms you know and you know we, we can hope that they do better but we also shouldn't pin all of our hopes on them no. yeah definitely mm-hmm. So, you know, I think a good question, a logical question to stem from this topic is what do you consider yourself, you know, and, and why? Oh, gosh. Um, I would probably say I am a DC fan, um, but I'm a fan of the characters, like, because obviously I, I mentioned a lot of issues with the company. Um, and with the, the movies, um, but I love the characters and I love what they stand for. Um, you know, and I've always loved Superman since I was a little girl, Mm. um, because of what he stands for and how compassionate he is. Um, yeah. And I would say I'm a fan of that because I try to emulate that kind of, you know, compassion and righteousness and, 
my everyday life, you know, and mm-hmm. that's that's what matters to me. Yeah. How about you? Well, I mean, I've talked a lot about Marvel, and it's <laughs> obvious I'm in the Marvel camp. But yeah, like to me, it's always been a more interesting question. Why? Mm-hmm. You know, I'm a Marvel fan. Oh, that's great. A lot of people love Marvel. But why is that? You know, mm-hmm. and it really is a lot of what I've talked about, the identification, mm-hmm. you know, um, I think like a character like Captain America, Captain America is, is my favorite superhero. And a big reason why is I really feel like I could be Captain America. You know, his superpower isn't the super soldier serum, which like I mentioned to a degree, anyone could do that if they get a hold of really good steroids, (laughs) you know, it's his superpower is he's a good person, you know, and and to be a good person, you don't have to come from Krypton. You don't have to mm-hmm. be an Amazon princess. You know, mm-hmm. anyone can be a good person, yeah. you know, and the decisions he has to make, you know, every comic book and every movie you see him in is a decision that we all have to make, you know, in our in our day to day lives. Like, should I do this? Should I do that? What is right? What is wrong? And um, just to be, you know. To have that perspective mm-hmm. i think it's it's just it's uh there's something to that like storytelling it's the, the the way stories are told dc versus marvel are very different and i think marvel really nails it when it comes to that identification factor the the, the realism you know um if maybe you're not wearing a star spangled jumpsuit but you know the, the stuff that cap thinks about and the decisions he has to make you know are very you know they're grounded in reality mm-hmm. you know so there's there's definitely something something to that yeah 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 you know this topic is in my mind it doesn't really end you know so it's, it was kind of hard for me to find a logical end to this particular episode but uh yeah no the way i think of it is yeah like we we'll we'll stop talking for now, but it's one of those things there's there's no end to the conversation really, right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And with that, we can wrap things up. This is farewell from Clara and Henry. <laughs>